Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Grave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. So we are talking about the baptism and the Holy Spirit, but we must recognize that the prerequisite for the baptism and the Holy Spirit is salvation. Correct? You think about the disciples. The disciples walked with Jesus. They hung around Jesus for three years. Isn't that right? But they weren't saved. Because the way to be saved is found in Romans 9 where it says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. So the disciples couldn't be saved because Jesus hadn't died yet and he hadn't risen from the dead. The blood was not put on the mercy seat yet. So by faith they followed what they believed was the Messiah. They loved him, they served him, they loved God, but they were not saved, they were not born again. And so we must recognize that there was a moment in time when the disciples and others got saved. And we've got to recognize that that happened after the resurrection, okay? So let's see about those who were following Jesus, and it was accounted unto them for righteousness, but not saved. So in John 20, it says, that same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews. What is the environment right now? Jesus was crucified. He was buried. And now all the disciples were in fear. If they killed Jesus, they're coming after us next. And so they were hiding in fear. And what happened in the midst of them gathering together, comforting one another, in fear that their lives would be in danger, that their families would be in danger, what happens? Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, stood in the midst and said unto them, peace be unto you. Here, can you imagine the fear, the torment, and then the one who was crucified is now standing in front of you? And he goes, chill, guys. It's going to be okay, right? And when he said this, he showed them his hands where the nails were put through his hands. He showed them his side. Uh, They knew that Jesus had died when they put the the sword. It wasn't a sword. What was it? Um, A spear into his side. And blood and water came out. And he showed them his side. And the disciples, they were ecstatic. They were glad. They were happy. Oh, my goodness. 
At this moment, their eyes were open and everything that Jesus promised was made manifested in front of them. And guess what? Hope arose inside of them because they saw the resurrected Jesus. Now they believe that Jesus rose from the dead. It's at this moment when they have the ability to receive salvation because they literally experienced and saw with their eyes the resurrected Christ. Then Jesus said to them, peace be unto you. The first thing he did, even before they got saved, he gives them a commission. And this commission is for every believer. He said, peace be unto you, as the Father has sent me, even so send I you. That's not just the person standing behind the pulpit. That's every single person, every believer says, I'm sending you. And I got to be careful because I want to take a big rabbit trail and talk about going into all the world, right? Being a light in the midst of darkness. I love the local church. This is our place of strength. This is our place of community. This is our place of family. Come on. This is a safe place that we're a gossip-free zone. We're a prejudice-free zone. You can come here and you're going to be loved. That's family. But I want you to know that all of this is so you can be a light in the world. All of this is so you can impact the lives of others. Just like Jesus was sent for mankind, he is sending us for mankind. Now let me get back to my message. And when he said this, what did he do? He breathed on them and said unto them, receive ye the Holy Spirit. Let's go back to that original slide. The, the one with the Romans 10, 9. Basically... They loved God. They loved Jesus, but they were empty. But at this moment, at this moment, when they saw the resurrected Jesus, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Let's go back to, see, no, go back to the first one again. See that? They were empty. Not the first, the second. The next, see, they were empty. And then when he breathed on them, the Holy Spirit came to dwell within their human spirit. Salvation is the Holy Spirit within us. The Holy Spirit that lives inside of us because we believe that Jesus came. He died on the cross. He rose again. He put the blood on the mercy seat so we can go before our Father God, our Creator God, and recognize we are loved and celebrated and we are a part of the family of God. This is the Holy Spirit within. And it is the Holy Spirit ministering and filling us for us. I was praying one day and out of my mouth came the words because I was facing a difficult situation. And I said, I pull the daughter card. And it shocked me because I never said anything like that before. And I almost felt bad because it's almost like, okay, God, I'm pulling the daughter card, so you got to do something. But that wasn't it at all. It was a revelation, a deeper revelation of something I know 
but a deeper revelation of, I'm his daughter. I'm his daughter. You being a natural human father would give your daughter anything you have the power to do. Think about it. Wouldn't you do for your children everything in your power? So when I pulled the daughter card, it was revelation for me. Come on, Melody. You don't have to be concerned about this because you're a daughter of the king. See, when I received Jesus Christ, guess what? Not only did the spirit of God come in me to witness that I am born again, but it positioned me as a daughter. See, salvation makes you a child of God. You are baptized. There's three baptisms. One, when you are saved, you are baptized into the body of Christ, part of a big family, right? And we are water baptized as an outward demonstration to let the world know, hey, I'm a child of the king. I'm a daughter of almighty God. I'm now a part of the family of God. And we will get to it, but the third is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. So salvation makes us a child of God. We are delivered from the powers of darkness and we are translated into the kingdom of his dear son. We were in darkness, now we are in the light. Oh my goodness, guys. We have no right to judge, condemn, or criticize anyone. Because while we were enemies to God, while we were sinners, Christ died for us so that we could be filled with his spirit. Come on. If you would have known me, oh my goodness, you never would dream I'd be a Christian, let alone in ministry. Come on. But God. But God. Look at this, Ephesians 3.20. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we could ask, think, some versions say dream or imagine, according to the power that works within us. When we receive Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes to live in our human spirit. And there's a power working in us. Come on. It's been 40, um, 21, whoo, it's been a long time. I've been saved like 45 years, all right? (laughs) So 45 years, I've been a work in progress because he has been working in melody to conform me more and more into the image of Christ because the spirit of God dwells in me because I've made a decision to believe on Jesus and receive him. It's so easy the way I said it, God, if you're there, do something in my life. If you're here today and you never, ever said, Jesus, come and live within my heart. You never acknowledged that he died and he rose again for you and you open up your heart and you receive him and let him in. Today's your day. Because it is the beginning of a life where God will do exceedingly abundantly above all you could ask, think, dream, or imagine. The spirit within, represented by the water in this cup, is for us personally. Now, let's talk, because remember the only prerequisite 
for the baptism in the Holy Spirit is to be saved. The only prerequisite is that the Holy Spirit already dwells inside of us as a son and daughter of God. Now, God wants to pour out his spirit upon us. That is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. He is pouring out his spirit upon us. And we can see that before Jesus, okay, he appeared to them. Jesus spent like 40 days talking to a whole bunch of people. Many got saved, right? And here he is, there's like 500 gathering around. And it's before he goes to ascend in the heavens, he gives them a commandment. That's not a request. It's a commandment because he knew exactly what they would need. And in Acts 1, it says, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but they were to wait for the promise of the Father. You think this is enough. And you know what? For eternal life, it is enough. But he gave them a commission. Just like I was sent, I'm going to send you. So I want you to go and I want you to wait for the promise of the Father so you can do what I commanded you to do. Man, if you're a plumber and you don't have your plumbing tools, it's hard to plumb, right? You can't do stuff without tools, right? Without the tools, you might have the knowledge, you might have the awareness, you might be a certified plumber, but you need your tools to be able to do the job. And no matter what you're called to do, no matter what you have on your plate, when there's a new tool come out, new computer, new whatever, when there's a new tool come out, we want the very best, don't we? So Jesus said, I want you to go and I want you to wait for the promise of the Father. And he said, John truly baptized you in water, meaning baptized in natural water to say, um, I'm a child of God, but you will be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. And then later in verse 8, it says, this is the reason. He said, I want you to go and wait. And I want you to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And he's speaking to believers. He said, this is why. You shall receive power, all the tools that you need. After the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Do you see, when we received Jesus, it was the Holy Spirit within for us personally. The baptism in the Holy Spirit was the Holy Spirit coming upon us, giving us the ability to place our focus on reaching others. This is for melody. But when I can take what's inside of me and I can give it to you, that is the power we receive when we are baptized in the Holy Spirit. The focus is others. And there's two, two objects of how we're going to reach others. One with power. Power is the ability to act, to do the ability to have an effect. I don't know about you. I mean, I love working. If there are some effects, some impact, it's going to produce something, right? Who wants to work all day and produce nothing? So it's not about works. It's about having the power of the Holy Spirit so the works that I do have impact. 
And just as Jesus was sent, so are we sent so we can go into all the world and have impact because we have the power of the Holy Spirit. Second reason is to be a witness. I'll tell you, we need courage. We need boldness. We need confidence. We need faith or trust in our God and who he is in the midst of us and who we are in him. Why? So we can communicate what we know. We can communicate what we've experienced. We can communicate what we know to be true. The fact is, nobody can talk you out of your experience. How many of you remember the moment you received Jesus and that experience? Nobody can talk you out of it. How many of you have ever gotten supernaturally healed? I was 27 years old, dying. My spirit began to leave my body. I didn't realize it then, but literally my daughter raised me from the dead. She was three years old and she came in and she put her hand on me and she said, now devil, get away from, she had a Midwestern accent. Devil, get away from my mommy in the name of Jesus. And she walked out of the room. Just at that moment, my spirit came in my body. Like I heard her pray that and my spirit came in my body. That's power. That's having an impact. It's an experience that I can testify to because I lived it. I know what it's like to be addicted to alcohol. Go to bed and say, God, if you're there, do something in my life and wake up the next morning and have no desire for alcohol. You can tell me all day long that God isn't real, but even me, as messed up as I was, God, if you're there, do something in my life. I don't want to have a drink. There has to be a God. The only thing that changed was me asking him to reveal if he existed. So he gave a command. He said, I want you to go. And I want you to be filled, baptized with the Holy Spirit. So, hey, out of the 500, 120 went. I don't know if some had laundry to do or whatever. I don't know why the other ones didn't go, but 120 were there. So let's go to Acts 2. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. And I like that. It doesn't mean they agreed on everything, but they were all there with a purpose. They were all responding to the commandment of Jesus. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. I don't know about you today. Joel started singing, come, uh, come blow. You know, I forget it. It was like prophetic, whatever. As soon as he did, I just felt the spirit of God. I had pain in my neck and my shoulder because I'm caring for mom. So I'm using my shoulder a lot. And just like that, I just felt it come in and it all left. Like my shoulder is free. Why? Because we were crying out for an outpouring of his spirit. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. And it sat upon each of them. All 120 in that room. All. 120 in that room. It wasn't all, let me just pick out the men. Or let me just pick out 
the ones that are older. Let me just pick out the ones that are younger. Let me just pick out the ones who have a platform of power. No, everyone was there responding to the command of Jesus and the Holy Spirit poured out on each of them. And they were all, say all. all. Say that includes me, okay. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Do you know what happened? At that moment, the Spirit of God came upon them. They already had the Spirit within them as a son or daughter of God. But now there was such an outpouring of the Spirit, it overflowed, and that over-initial evidence was speaking in other tongues. That's pretty powerful. Oh, I need my mover. So that's the initial evidence. But remember, the purpose wasn't the initial evidence, even though we're going to find out why we want to pray in tongues. It's a tool that we need to empower us to be sent just like Jesus was sent. But the reason for this power was so that you would have power. The reason for this power is so that you could be a witness. Every single believer, I don't care what age you are, who you are, where you live, it is for every single believer. The initial evidence. So if you look at this picture, do you notice there's the body, that's that blue. And then you see the heart there where the Holy Spirit lives within. And here the Holy Spirit was poured out upon them and out of their spirit. Do you notice it didn't come from up there in their brain? Out of their spirit came that language. That's important to remember. Let's look at Acts 10, 45. And they of the circumcision, which were the Jews, which believed were shocked, okay? As many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles, oh my gosh, that 120, that was all Jews. This is for us. We're the Jews. It's not for the Gentiles. It's not for anybody but us. This is what we have. Jesus was a Jew. I'm a Jew. He poured this out upon the Jews. Oh, we're going to tell every Jew that they can be saved. But now, what do they see? They, Peter goes, oh my gosh. He saw the Holy Spirit being poured out upon the Gentiles for they heard them. How did they know? How did Peter know that the Spirit of God was poured out on Gentiles? Because they heard them speak with other tongues and magnify God. You know, God is very good at confronting our mindsets, our prejudices, our assumptions, our elitism. Peter said, huh, can any man forbid them to be water baptized? that they should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Spirit as well as us. Oh my goodness. Jesus didn't just do this for the Jews. He did it for every human being on the planet. 
So who are we to tell somebody that they can't be baptized in water? If God's going to pour out his spirit to overflow on the Gentiles, well, then we want to make a provision that they can be baptized in water just like we were. That's pretty awesome. Let's look at another incident, because what I'm trying to do now, before I get into tongues and, and giving you an opportunity, I want to lay a foundation to show you that salvation, the Holy Spirit within us, for us personally, is different than being baptized. And I won't do it. This is where I need Shmoni. Shmoni. Because <laughs> I can. So you want to put it over there? So there is a difference. It's a separate thing of being saved and being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Do you see that? The Holy Spirit within and the Holy Spirit upon. Thank you. you could just wherever you want to put it. You rock. Thank you. So let me give you a scripture of showing this. Acts 8, 14. And when the apostles, which were at Jerusalem, heard that in Samaria they had received the word of God. Here they hear those in Samaria, these people are getting saved. They're having revival down there. People are receiving Jesus. They, they literally believe in the resurrected Jesus. Man, the Holy Spirit has come and dwelled on the midst of them. That is awesome. So what did they do? They sent down Peter and John. Why did they send Peter and John down to those who were already saved, who had already received the word? who when they came down, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. That's that overflow. That's the baptism. For as yet he had not fallen upon none of them. They were only baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Baptism in water. But the Holy Spirit had not fallen upon them yet. So they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost. Can you see how they went to believers and they were baptized in water, letting the whole world know they were believers? So they sent down Peter and John to lay hands on them so they could receive power. I'll give you one more and then I want to go into some other things. But in Acts 19, this is really good. And it came to pass, we're talking about Paul here, and I got to move fast. Uh, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus. So here is Paul going to Ephesus and finding certain disciples, finding people who were believers. And he went to them and he says, have you received the Holy Ghost? Have you been baptized in the Holy Ghost? Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said, man, we've never even heard that there is a Holy Ghost. What are you talking about? We never even heard that. So Paul said, well, how were you baptized? And they said, we were baptized under John's baptism. John the Baptist, John the Baptist baptized us. And then Paul goes, oh. See, John baptized you with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him. Remember how John the Baptist went about baptizing people, telling them that the Messiah was going to come? And this is the baptism that they were baptized with. And when they heard this, now they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. What is that, Shimon? 
they were, at that moment, they began to tell him, no, 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 that was John. He was telling you about the Messiah. Let me tell you about Jesus Christ. He came. He died. He was buried. And on the third day, he rose again. And we actually saw him. And this is Paul saying, man, I was on the road to Damascus. And man, I got knocked off my horse because I was going in the wrong direction. I was temporarily blinded so I could really see. I added all that stuff. I was blinded so I could really see. He had an encounter with Jesus, right? He heard Jesus. So he begins to testify to them about the resurrected Jesus. Uh, let me go where I'm at. Unto them they were about, okay, then Paul said, John very baptized you with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, which is Jesus Christ. When they heard that, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. They were saved. And when Paul, after they got saved and were baptized, <laughs> then what did Paul do? Paul laid his hands upon them and the Holy Ghost came on them. To see that course of events, and they spoke, Holy Ghost came upon them, and what was the initial evidence? They spoke, all this, this is filled with tongues right here, I'll tell you, all right? They, they spoke in tongues and prophesied. These people have just been saved a few moments. They get baptized in the Holy Spirit. They start speaking in tongues, and then they start prophesying. What is prophesying? Hearing the voice of God and communicating it. So their ability to hear the voice of God just flooded them when they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Thanks, Shimon. And there were about 12 men. See, I wanted to share those things so you could see that we do receive the Holy Spirit when we are saved. Anybody who says you don't have the Holy Spirit unless you uh, are baptized in the Holy Spirit or you speak in tongues, they are false. Because when you get saved, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you. But there's a tool. There's a promise of the Father to equip us in power. And that is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. With the initial evidence of speaking in other tongues with the purpose of power and being a witness. Okay? So let's look at the baptism in the Holy Spirit being for all. Say all. all. Remember in the upper room? Spirit of God fell on them all, all right? So Jesus is saying this. This was before Jesus died, rose again. Jesus spoke this to him. And he said, I say unto you, ask and maybe you might receive. No, no, no. He said, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you for everyone. Say everyone. Everyone that asks receives, and he that seeks finds, and to him that knocks it shall be opened. If a son shall have bread of you, anyone who is a father, is he going to give him a stone? Of course not. If he asks for a fish, is he going to give him a serpent? Of course not. If he asks for an egg, would he offer him a scorpion? Of course not. If you then, being evil or a natural human parent, 
know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly father? He's talking to people who have a heavenly father. God does not become our father until we receive Jesus, correct? He is a, he's the creator of every human being. But the fact is, I am empty until I receive Jesus. And then the Holy Spirit comes to dwell inside of me. And when the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of me, he is now my father. And he says, how much more does your heavenly father want to give you the Holy Spirit? Well, don't you already have it? He says, I want to give you the baptism. I want you to overflow with power. How much more does your heavenly father want you to have this? And you know, it's for everyone. God will not turn anybody away no matter what they are doing if they want to be saved. And he will not turn any believer away from being baptized in the Holy Spirit. All we have to do is ask. Now, the initial evidence, now I want to preface this because I have met people who have prayed for the baptism of the Holy Spirit and they never spoke in, spoke in tongues. Does that mean they did not receive? No, I believe they did because if you ask, you will receive, correct? But they never release that prayer language. And so I want to be able to talk to you about how to release that prayer language, okay? How do we make steps of faith? How do we respond? But let's first look at why tongues. When we pray in tongues, now remember we are baptized, and I won't call her up again, but we are baptized so we are filled to overflowing. And if I keep on going, now the big bowl is going to overflow, all right? So when we are baptized in the Holy Spirit and we speak in other tongues, it says in 1 Corinthians 14, if I, if I, who's praying? I. Oh, that means the Holy Ghost is not forcing us to pray, right? He says, if I can make a conscious choice to pray. If I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit, now I don't have, remember that blue guy up there and you had the spirit, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. Your mind isn't going to understand. It's not going to be translated to your brain. It is the spirit of God overflowing on the inside of you. It's the Holy Spirit that is praying but my understanding is unfruitful. Then, well, if I don't understand it, why do it, right? What's the purpose of doing this? What is it then? I will, he makes a conscious choice, pray with the spirit and I will pray with my understanding. For us, I'll pray in English. How many of you pray in English? But I can also, whenever I choose, because the Spirit of God has come upon me, whenever I choose, I can choose to pray in the Spirit. I can make a conscious choice at any moment of any day to begin to pray in tongues. I will. So Paul's saying here, I have a choice. I will sing with the Spirit. That's singing in tongues. And I will sing 
with the understanding also. Why do we want to do this? Because when we pray in tongues, we are praying the perfect will of God. It doesn't go through our head and our ideas and our assumptions and uh, the lies we believe or the attitudes we have or the prejudices we have or whatever it is that we are struggling with. Man, when I pray in the spirit, it comes out perfect because it is the will of God being released through me. And just as I said when I started, you've got to recognize that this isn't just those who are going to receive for the first time. This is to remind all of us how much we must pray in the Spirit. For he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men. I'm not doing this for your sake. I could stand up here and pray in tongues. You're not going to get anything out of it. I'm not doing it for you. I'm not speaking unto men, but unto God, for no man understands him. Howbeit in the spirit, I am speaking mysteries. Hey, I only know in part, God is all knowing. I have this little bit of wisdom. He has all wisdom. I have this little bit of knowledge. He has all knowledge. So when I choose to pray in tongue, I am letting God pray through me the perfect will of God and speaking forth the mysteries of God. God knows exactly what needs to take place to get something to have that power for impact so that we can be equipped to be sent just like Jesus was sent. In the New Century Version, it says, they are speaking secret things through the Spirit. That's powerful. When we pray in tongues, we are edifying ourselves, And I'll tell you what that means in a moment. But in 1 Corinthians 14, 4, he that speaks in an unknown tongue. Do you hear that? Unknown. You won't understand it. Unknown tongue edifies himself. To edify, it means build up. Have you ever been discouraged? Pray in tongues. It means to restore by building. Have you ever felt knocked down? Pray in tongues. It'll restore you. It's like building an edifice on the inside of you. It's like building a fortress on the inside of you. It's building, you know, all like this. You got a shield. It's building your faith, which I'll get to in a minute, but I love it. It also means to rebuild and repair. How many of you need to be repaired or rebuilt from some junk? How many of you need some repair from some labels that have been slapped upon you or even the labels you slapped on yourself? I can say shut up to a false label, somebody else says, but if I'm the one that put it on, it's a little bit harder to overcome it, right? So I want to pray in the Spirit because when I pray in tongues, it begins to rebuild me. It begins to restore me. It begins to repair me. It begins to heal me. See, it's power. Jude 20 but you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. When I pray in the Spirit, it's stimulating my faith. And what is faith? It's just simply trusting God. God, I trust you. You know what? If we really trusted, we wouldn't be controlled by fear. You know that daughter card I pulled? It was a reminder 
to me that I was a daughter of the creator of the universe. Um, that's a good daddy to have, right? When I pray in the spirit, it guides me into all truth. In John 14, 26, it says, he will teach you all things. And then it says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world gives. If we're looking externally to get peace, we'll never find it. But when we begin to pray in the spirit, it stirs our faith, it stirs our trust in God so that we can be in a place that we can walk in peace. Amen. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. In chapter 15, verse 26, it says that the spirit, the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, is the spirit of truth, which proceeds from the Father and will testify of me, Jesus. John 16, he will guide you into all truth, and he shall speak, and he shall show you things to come. Oh, my gosh. I love to dream of what can be. You say, oh, Melody, those are pipe dreams. Well, if I am praying and the Spirit of God begins to reveal to me, he begins to show me, I begin to dream his dream. I begin to see what he wants to show me. One of my favorite scriptures that I use in the prophetic, that God has chosen you to know his will, to see the righteous one, and to hear the words from his mouth. You were chosen for that. Every person who is a believer has been chosen to know the will of God, to know the truth, because the truth is what brings us freedom. It causes us to see through his eyes so that we can not just dream of what can be, but we can take the power that we receive in the spirit of God to do what we could never do in the natural. Not just because of COVID, but being home with my mom a lot, I don't get to leave the house very much. But there are no limits with our God. I'm connecting to more people globally and spheres of influence that I could never, ever, ever have if I would be out there literally, physically flying somewhere, walking somewhere, or doing whatever. It blows my mind. Sometimes I hang up the phone and I just cry and say, well, God, <laughs> there's no way I could do that. Blows my mind when there's favor there. But you know what? I'm home alone a lot. And in between all my doings, I'm just praying. Because guess what? I can think with my mind and pray in the spirit at the same time. You know, you can be vacuuming. I mean, you can, you can just pray in tongues. You can be driving down the street. And you're probably more alert then than you are when you're just like, oh, did I go through that light or not? Was it red? I hope it wasn't red. Because it's coming from my spirit. It helps us in our weaknesses. I got to hurry up. 
It keeps us in the will of God. I love this. I don't want to get to this so much because it's so powerful. Romans 8, 26 and 27. Likewise, the Spirit helps our infirmities. Because we don't know what to pray for as we ought, right? We don't know how to pray sometimes. Have you ever been in situations you don't even know what to pray? You don't know what the will of God is. You don't know what. So the Spirit itself makes intercession for us. Oh, my goodness. I'm in this situation. I don't know what to do. I just pray in tongues. And the Spirit of God is interceding for me. This is powerful. Why? He knows where we're weak. He knows the battle that we face. He says in all points he was tempted just like us. And he's given us the Holy Spirit within and the Holy Spirit upon so that he can pray through us. I do believe in, you know, calling Loretta. I call her, you know, hey, Loretta, pray for this. I'm doing this. Loretta, pray for this. You know, and so I send out my prayer request. But you know what? The greatest intercessor is in us. Every time we pray in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is interceding through us according to the will of God. That is really powerful. Because we don't know how to pray. So the Spirit itself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered, which means an inarticulate speech. It sounds like mumbo-jumbo to our brain. But it's a language that comes from the Spirit of God. And he that searches the heart knows what is in the mind of the spirit because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Lord, I I love Loretta. I don't know how to pray for her right now. So I just begin to pray in tongues and I'm praying. I'm interceding. I'm letting God himself intercede through me for Loretta who knows the perfect will of God for her that literally the promises of heaven can be made manifested because we're standing in the gap and saying, no way, devil, this is the promise. We don't know what we're saying here, but we know we're praying the perfect will of God. What is infirmity? It means weakness. Have you ever felt weak? It means in need of strength. It means infirmity as far as sickness. Needing to understand. Have you ever said, God, why? God, why? God, why? I need to understand. Start praying in tongues, okay? <laughs> to do things great and glorious. I remember I was driving. A couple of these were combined in one thing. And it was like kind of an icy morning. And I had to go down to Global uh, to teach the prophetic track. And so it was kind of icy in my Tires are kind of bald. And so I'm going down and I'm just praying in tongues. I'm just praying in tongues the whole time. I could focus really good on the road. I could do all the things I needed to do naturally because it's coming from my spirit. And so for that whole 50 minute, well, actually it was close to an hour because I was driving really slow. And um, here, I didn't even think about it. I get down there, I get up to preach and man, was it good. I'm like, whoa, where did that come from? Oh, I never said that before. That was amazing. And then on the way home, I said, God, that was so awesome. I never spoke about this like that before. And he reminded me, you spend an hour praying in tongues going down. I was praying. I wasn't praying in tongues because I didn't want to die. 
but he was building me up in my spirit. He was strengthening me. It was like I was lifting spiritual weights. So there was a strength, a power for me to do beyond melody. I don't know about you, but I know I'm not enough. I mean, I'm, I'm good enough. I'm a daughter of the king, but I'm not enough to do certain things. I have no power to heal anyone. But the spirit of God through me does. And when we pray in the spirit, we are empowered to do the supernatural. It also means to restrain from corrupt desires. You know that thing, that chocolate cake? (laughs) When something comes in that's contrary to your good, and you don't have the strength to say no, And sometimes you face things where you need some strength to say yes to the broccoli. I don't know, whatever it might be. (laughs) I'm joking, but guess what? We all are tempted to desire corrupt things. I don't understand, but I lived it. Why was I drawn to the darkness? Now, I wasn't a believer, so that's all I knew was darkness. But why was I drawn to the darkness? Now, when light came, I didn't want the darkness anymore. But when we pray in the spirit, it literally gives us the ability to restrain ourselves from corrupt desires. It also means to bear trials and troubles. I remember, it was a few years ago, I had three of my, I have four older brothers. My oldest brother has passed, but... Three of my brothers all came to visit my mom. This was a few years ago. And of course, I'm the baby. And you know, I was teased my whole life for, you know, just picture four brothers and a little girl. Come on. They weren't these protective, ooey father figures. No, they weren't like that at all. And so they came. I always prepare myself if brothers come. Because I know they're going to tease me. I know they're going to pick on me. I know they're going to say, and they're, they're not being mean. They're just, I don't know why they do it. But, but anyway, they come in and they have to find all the, oh, yeah, I remember you were like the most spoiled kid in the world, you know, and just all this stuff. I, like, my goodness, I'm 65 years old. No, I'm 66 now. And they're still bringing up when I was five, all right? And, um, but they're doing this. And one, and I prepare myself. I pray in tongues before they come. When they come, and I'm, I'm just cool. And they just are doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it. And I just stood up and went, and they started laughing, but you know what? They stopped doing it. (laughs) But I had it, Melody. Believe me, I got some fire in me. Before Jesus, I could debate anybody and win. I didn't care who you are, man, just I don't... You mess with me, you know? So that was rising inside of me, which was not godly. So I just leaned upon the Holy Spirit. But look at this. This is verses 26 to 28. The Spirit helps our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we should 
But the Spirit itself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searches the hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And the very next verse is, and we know that all things work together for good to those that love God and are called according to his purpose. So do you know, in context, we take that scripture and we just throw it out. Well, God's going to cause it all to work for good. That's true. If we have just prayed in the spirit. When we let him intercede through us, when we let him pray the perfect will of God through us, then everything will work for good. Because we have chosen to partner with the Spirit of God to walk in his will, his way, his purpose, his plan. And even in our weaknesses, even in our battles, even in our struggles, even in our hurts, even in our disappointments, even in the midst of a quote-unquote fallen world, the fact is the Spirit of God dwells in us with power, so much so that he will cause all things to work together for good. Uh, Guys, Whose kingdom are we a part of? The kingdom of God, the rule and reign of God, and the spirit of God himself not just dwells in us for our salvation, but rests upon us, is filling us so that we can walk in that power. And I got to go fast, so we'll just skip this one. But the next one is the control of the tongue, kind of like what I did when my brothers were there, right? So when my tongue wants to go in a wrong direction, I start praying in tongues. I'm choosing to submit this little member to the Spirit of God. It builds our faith, Jude 20. But you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. I'm going really fast now. I'm sorry, but I got to catch up. See, I can't take rabbit trails, guys. Okay. It increases our immune system. Do you know when you pray in tongues, it builds up your immune system? That's pretty relevant to today's society, isn't it? Even medical science is beginning to take notice. A study by Dr. Carl Peterson, a brain specialist, discovered that as people pray and worship God in tongues, the brain releases two chemical secretions which give our immune system a 35 to 40 percent, 40 percent boost and promotes healing in our bodies. As amazing as this seems, the secretion comes from a part of the brain which has no other apparent activity in humans. The only way to activate it is by praying in the spirit. That's pretty powerful. This is better than what's that thing airborne? Do you remember when you go on a plane, you better take airborne. No, but when you go on a plane, pray in tongues, it covers a lot of stuff. All right. We're speaking the works of God when we speak in tongues. It's the next slide, Acts 2, 11. We are strengthened by the Spirit. I love this. That he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man. How do we apply this? It takes faith. It takes trusting in our God. To receive, because the Spirit of God dwells in us. I don't have enough water left. He is unlimitless, but filled to overflowing. It takes faith, just like salvation, to receive. It takes faith 
to submit our tongue, our lips, and our vocal cords to the Spirit. You know, for me to speak in English, I have to move my lips. I have to move my tongue. I have to vibrate my vocal cords, correct? If I talk but don't move my tongue, I'm still talking, but it's not very clear. If I, I talk, I'm moving my tongue, but I'm not moving my lips. It's not very clear, right? If I talk and don't vibrate my vocal cords, you won't hear anything. It's an act of faith to yield our tongue, our lips, and our vocal cord. It's not supernatural to move our tongue, lips, or vocal cord. What's supernatural is the language. Many people don't pray because they're waiting for God, the Holy Spirit, to force them. Come on. He's going to come in, and i got to shake, and i got to quake. No, it's just by faith. I choose to yield my tongue, my lips, my vocal cords to him, and I simply pray. I was barely saved about two months, and I went down to visit my brother in Florida. He took me to a full gospel businessmen's meeting, and I'm, I'm barely saved. All I knew, God, if you're there, do something in my life, God exists. That's all I knew. That was my full theology, okay? And so I'm going down there, and there's a person up there talking about the baptism and the Holy Spirit. And she goes, everyone who wants to receive, come on down. I wasn't going nowhere. This person's nuts, right? And all of a sudden, I'm standing right up there. And I'm like, how did I get up here? And she goes, oh, sweetheart, you want the baptism in the Holy Spirit? I said, if I have to cry to get it, I don't want it. She goes, you don't have to cry. You just receive. I said, whatever. You know what? Bless our hearts. God didn't move by any of that stuff. She prayed for me, and she said, now, sweetheart, just begin to move your tongue and your lips. And I just began to pray in tongues, and I was like, whoa, whoa, what And that is how I have led people for the last 45 years, or last 42 years, whatever it is. 45, 45 years. It was before I got married, yeah. Last 45 years. Because when we take what we have and we yield it to him, then he will fulfill his purpose. So that takes faith. And the third place of faith is when that language that comes out that sounds like mumbo-jumbo, we trust our God that we are speaking the works of God. And you cannot think in English and speak another language out of your mouth at the same time. Because I'm standing up there, and these words are coming out of my mouth, and I'm going, this is back in the hippie days, far out, man, this is, whoa, this is, you know. And I'm like thinking all this crazy stuff in my head while this language was coming out of my mouth. It's supernatural. All I did was just yield to him. When we pray in the spirit, there's such a purity of worship. Any area we have need of, He is there to pray the perfect prayer through us. And in the process of it all, we will be built up. We will be restored. We will be healed. 
we will be empowered to be a witness. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I just thank you for each one. And I'd like everyone just to bow your heads. And I just want to talk first. If there's anyone here who has never received Jesus, Jesus did come. He did die on the cross. And he rose again. And he now lives. And we can have an intimate relationship with Jesus. He can invade our hearts with his love. He can restore all the broken pieces. And he can reveal to you exactly who you're called to be. If you are here and you've never received Jesus and you would like to, would you just slip up your hand? Is there anybody here that would like to receive? You've never asked Jesus into your heart. I won't call you up. I won't embarrass you. I just want you to acknowledge. Is there anyone? Okay. That means everyone here is a believer. Now, for anyone who would like to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit would come upon you to give you power. so that you could walk in the fullness of everything that he's ordained for you. And we're all a work in progress, but he's going to lead us every step of the way. If you're here and you'd like to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I would like you just to lift your hand. Is there anybody? What I'm going to do, I'm going to... Thank you, I see your hands, thanks. I'm going to close down... The service, and if that is you who would like to receive the baptism, just come up to me and I will pray for you, and I promise you, you will receive. So, whether you raised your hand or you didn't, you're welcome to come up to receive. If you are here and you have prayed and you know you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, but you don't have a freedom of a prayer language, either you never received it or you haven't been releasing it. If that's you, you just come up with everyone else as well. So, Father God, I just bless each one. I just thank you for an outpouring of your spirit for each individual. I thank you that today is a day of power in Jesus' name.